and it's a journey you go on together so if what you're saying there the child holds up the mirror and reflects back everything that's unhealed inside of you then we go on this journey together oh i'm actually really bad at expressing my anger in a healthy way and when my child's just their authentic self expressing their anger it's triggering me because I might have stuffed mine or it might have come out in unhealthy ways. So what we'll do is we'll go on this journey together and I'll learn a bit more about my expression of anger whilst helping my child. Hello and welcome to Behind the Mother Mask. I'm your host, Annie Breen, registered nutritional therapist, master NLP practitioner, and transformational coach for exhausted mums who don't feel enough. My mission with this podcast is to lead with vulnerability by starting to lift the psychological mask you wear each day that protects you and others from the stuff that's hard to explain and talk about. It's about sharing from the middle not just the open wounds or the healed scabs, but the messy middle. Let's go for honesty over perfection. Because I believe when you transform yourself, you automatically transform your relationships and parenting by passing down wisdom, not wounds. So if you're up for that, you definitely don't need to do it alone. I'm here to lead you on what could be the greatest adventure of your life behind the mother mask, back home to yourself. Hello and welcome back to Behind the Mother Mask. We are on episode 14. Yes. And this week I've been waiting for this conversation for a while because I and Dan, me and Dan, are currently working with my guest this week with regards to our parenting. So this week, I'm really excited to share Fiona NG with you because she has been so influential and significant into the last couple of months, which has personally been a big shift for me and for us as a family. I think we felt like we've been on this big kind of personal development or self-discovery journey. And it's definitely like a turning point where we're kind of wanting to change our lifestyle up level to the to the next level of our life. And she has really been influential in that. So I'm so grateful and so excited to share her with you. So Fiona is a parenting coach. And this week, our conversation is really focused on how to become your child's emotional coach. Now, I must just give a quick disclaimer from the off. If you think you are going to tune into this podcast episode (laughs) and be told step by step of what you need to do to help your kid manage their emotions, you may be disappointed. You won't be disappointed. (laughs) But really what we're talking about is how you become your own emotional coach. Because how many of us are walking around feeling dysregulated, 
overwhelmed, not enough, like we're carrying all these kind of stories and limiting beliefs and we're under a lot of pressure. And when it comes to parenting, it's almost like that triggers that hidden mother load and it just all comes out and it can feel really hard at times. So ultimately, we're looking at the relationship you have with yourself first. And I promise you, you are going to get so much from this episode, because when you're brave enough to go there, that's when the magic really starts to happen. That's when the ripple effect um, ripples outwards to the relationship you have with your children. And I can't tell you this enough because I'm going through this process. So Fiona, she's a parenting coach. She has a lot of hands-on experience of working with parents and families in unique contexts, and she really is unique in her approach. She has undertaken intensive parent coach training through the Jai Institute of Parenting, and she also holds qualifications in neurolinguistic programming, NLP, and is qualified as a positive parenting workshop facilitator. She's done a lot of training. She's done a lot of qualifications, but she's a wonderful human being and she really cares. And as with all of my guests, there is a story behind her passion. And that's what I'm really interested in. So Fiona shares her story of what led her to do this work. She also has um, two children herself. Sorry, I didn't say that. So she talks about what really kind of fueled her fire and passion to do this work and how she became more conscious with taking on this kind of parenting approach. And she talks about what that means and what it means to be a conscious parent. And actually, really, we're just being parents. We talk about some of the things that maybe prevent us from being our child's emotional coach. And we really go down the kind of pathway of looking at generational trauma or unresolved trauma and some of the stuff that we carry ourselves that we're yet to look at that almost stops us from being the parent that we want to be. She also shares her top three resources that she would love to gift every mother and we talk about things like nervous system regulation and how important that is and the impact that has on our our children we talk about unhealed childhood issues and right at the beginning she said we are just all wounded children walking around in adult bodies and I was like yes this is my conversation and I think ultimately a lot of these conversations you can see are going back to They have similar themes and patterns, but actually it's being able to tune into yourself. And Fiona talks about the power of reconnecting with you. And actually, what does parenting mean to you? What does motherhood mean to you? What does this life mean? What do you want out of it? Rather than following other narratives, it's really tuning back to you. And all of what we talk about is just helping you be more aware of your own patterns, of yourself and of your needs, but also of your wants. So I feel like I've left so much out, but I'll just shut up and get into the episode because I'll let Fiona talk. But I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did chatting to Fiona and all of her links to where you can find her, her amazing Instagram account. If you want to work with her, I'll put her website in there or in the show notes. And she also recommends some really good resources and books. So I've put the links in the show notes to those as well. Okay, so without further ado, let's get into episode 14. Hi Fiona, how are you? Hi, I'm well, how are you? 
I am good. I am super excited to speak to you today. I know that so many people listening are going to benefit from this conversation because just a bit of background. I can't remember how long ago it was now, but it was probably like three, four months ago that I contacted you, maybe a bit longer. Yeah, I'm not, I can't remember. I can't remember. Time is just like a big, mm, yeah. Um, <laughs> but what was going on for us at the time is that we needed some support. We needed some support with Bonnie. We needed to understand her big expression of emotions. And I'm sure we'll get to the word tantrum, but I try not to use it because that's it's not accurate. But how we could best support her through a time that I think was like, a massive shift with starting school she's just finished p1 her first year and just felt like there was a lot going on but it was almost like all this stuff was coming to the surface and we needed some support so I went to google and because I knew who I was looking for I was looking for a conscious parenting coach which we'll get into you came up (laughs) and I'm sure you must get this all the time like in the um, contact form I like put my whole life story (laughs) I was like I need help with this because I think we just need someone that we can talk to so today I'm sure that our conversation is going to go off on in different directions when I told Dan I was speaking to you he was like it's going to be a good one, but you're going to need more time. But I think where we're going to steer the conversation is towards, and this is something that I have been working on, and I think most of us as parents commit to working on this, is how to become your child's emotional coach. Because ultimately, we want to be able to support them through the big emotions, um, but also like foster that attachment so that they can come to us no matter what, and that we can really be in it with them. So I would love to start off by the quote that you put at the end of your email, and then we'll get into who you are. But you put in your email, every interaction with our children is a reflection of our own relationship with ourselves. And that's a Dr. Shafali quote. So I'd love you just to speak to that. Yes. And and I think the reason why I, I use her quotes is she's the first person that I ever came across in conscious parenting and she's the forerunner in it she was popular on Oprah and has a special place for me because you know she comes from a different angle and looking at ourselves is what's important so as you shared there you know when we fill out these contact forms and we come with our inquiry you know about what's up with our children we, we have to look at ourselves because I'm not saying the issues ourselves but our relationship to ourselves our feelings how we go through life is ultimately what's going to impact our child. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. And actually, as we'll go into working with you has been more about, and Dan and I have done this as a team with you about looking at the relationship we have with ourselves. It's a very personal journey. And through that work, the gift is the relationship that we build with our children. And that's what I found. And I can't, say how true that is even though we might resist it with other parenting techniques that slip in when we're in a hurry or we just need to resolve stuff or our beliefs come back in but it's so true that when we actually spend a bit of time looking at ourselves and it is time and we're in it for the long game Mm. it has a huge impact and I'd love to know so 
who is Fiona behind? You've got numerous qualifications. You're um, a parenting coach. You've even done Gabor Mate's training, which we will talk about. He comes up in most of my podcasts. Um, neurolinguistic programming. You've done qualified parenting workshop facilitator. So there's so many different qualifications that you hold. And I know from working with you, you're committed to improving and learning all the time, um, a bit like me. But I'd love to know who you are um, behind those qualifications and what really drives your passion to do this work. Wow, what a question. <laughs> Ultimately, I'm sure you can relate. We are all wounded children walking around in adult bodies. And I think that's why we go into this work. Let's just get into there now. Like, let's not hold back. <laughs> this is me deep as they come and but yeah and I think the driving behind all of that obviously becoming a mum and when I was pregnant I felt different to other mums that I was meeting and encountering I was thinking what sort of parent do I want to be yeah and you know I wasn't too fussed about baby showers and all of those things a lot yeah I was really excited but I was thinking what what sort of parent do I want to be and what sort of parent do I need to be because obviously I hadn't met my child yet and that intuitively then stumbling across Dr Shafali and her books and have always been interested in life coaching and being that friend that people come to and have deep chats I was just like I really want to help people because if we can change our parenting and it sounds so you know Airy fairy, but if we can change our parenting, we can actually change the world. We can, we can stop, we can stop people walking around being wounded. We can, you know, reduce mental health problems. Everything if we start there. So mm. it's such a huge passion, and I'm so lucky because my work. Not only do mm. I get to work with lovely people like you and Dan and all these families, but it, it's a full circle because it filters into my family and anything anything I learn and any trainings I do. It, it it's just my life does that make sense it really does and we share the same kind of mission and drive and passion I totally agree like I think children are here to shake us up you know they're supposed to challenge the generation that gave birth to them so that we can break down structures that don't work and rebuild you know a more positive healthy world going forward and I think that was a bit of a Caroline Miss quote by the way but (laughs) I I just think it's so so true and it is how we change the world you know what we need now are children that believe in themselves that have that sense of belonging that sense of self-worth and their creativity that they know who they are and they can access the resources to go out there and be happy and I think that that feels like a real privilege and an honor to be part of that and you know what we get to have fun while we're doing it like it it's our identity. We do that by kind of modeling our own self-worth and passions and, you know, living life on our terms. And I think that's the beauty of this. It's not self-sacrificing. It's not being the martyr. It's actually like mutual evolution, how we grow together, isn't it? And it's a journey you go on together. So if, you know, what you're saying there, the child holds up the mirror and reflects back everything that's unhealed inside of you, then we go on this journey together. Oh, I'm actually really bad at expressing my anger in a healthy way. And when my child's just their authentic self, 
expressing their anger, it's triggering me because I might have stuffed mine or it might have come out in unhealthy ways. So what we'll do is we'll go on this journey together and I'll learn a bit more about my expression of anger whilst helping my child. Does that, you know? Yeah. 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 100%. And you can't really get it wrong when you adopt that approach because you learn to apologize. You learn to say, I got it wrong or, you know, I could do things differently. And I think that's huge. And actually, when you were talking about walking around as wounded children, how many of us were apologized to? How much repair did we have in the past? And this is not to blame or shame anyone, but, you know, did we have that? ourselves so you probably summed it up but your general approach to life and the reason that I ask this question is because I think sometimes when we've been on this journey and we've been through challenging stuff and we get this clarity of what we want to do and this kind of bigger mission that really has this big ripple effect it's lovely to find out what your approach is because I'm sure you and certainly I work with mums who come to me and they're in a state of despair and exhaustion and they don't They've almost lost hope sometimes and they don't have that perspective, that kind of horizon where they're aiming towards. So I'd love to know what your general kind of outlook to life is. Yeah, and I think there it's almost like there's there's two different ways to answer that because it's, you know, coming from parents coming to me and and sharing with me. And that my superpower is actually seeing like everything they can do to really help themselves, but then they're not, they're not ready. So having to be slow and steady with that. Mm. And then I think my approach, and it sounds, I'm not sure how it'll be received, but is you've got one life. Yes. You've got one life. This is not a dress rehearsal and live it and and you know, and if you're not, which many of us were very disconnected, that's what Dr. Gabor Mate says is at the root of all suffering is our disconnect from yeah. ourselves and from others. And if we're not limiting it to the full, to take steps to find the road back to you, because so many people are gonna depart this life and they've never really breathed. They've never really experienced what it's like to have a regulated nervous system or to do the things they want to do so you know for me it's just that sense if we've got one chance at this mm-hmm. and yes there's setbacks yes there's things that hold us back and it's tough when we're in the thick of it but if we could just do one little thing to change by one percent then we can be on that healing journey and just to acknowledge that you are disconnected from yourself you know I remember in my darkest days hearing people say to like live life you've only got one life YOLO or whatever it is it was almost like yes but how like I want to be like that but I'm so far disconnected and I think it's just that acknowledgement and this is just my opinion but my rock bottom and I've had many of them was my awakening start there start where you are you know I think that is so important and and we'll get into it but motherhood that transition was like the biggest awakening where all this shite was revealed (laughs) I say shite but it's magic Mm -hmm. Um, and it hits you like a bus and we'll get into that but I think just to know that that is the start that is it yeah and you know not to be confused with like toxic positivity and you know what you're saying there about YOLO but like what even is it to live? Yeah. What does that feel like? Because 
chances out we've been operating on autopilot, numbed out, disconnected, dissociated, and we don't even know what it means to live. And so absolutely. Sorry, how many of it? Like, because I'm not into all this kind of mummy culture. I'm not very mumsy mum or going for like coffee and cake. It's a little bit like Tinder, isn't it? Like speed dating when you have a kid. I want to talk about like moon cycles and spirits and <laughs> like, and I think we don't sit and talk about the meaning of motherhood. Like, what does it mean to you? What are your values around that? What is the legacy you want to leave? And I think that's such a good question to ask yourself because it's going to be different. Like we're kind of controlled sometimes by the mainstream narrative and what we think we should do and what other people are doing. And I think it's almost a rebellious act to step away and say, well, how do I want to live my life? What's the legacy I want to leave? Like, what does it mean to me? So I absolutely love that. And I think a good place also just to jump in now is what is a conscious parenting coach or what is a conscious parenting approach and where does that fit into um, you becoming your child's emotional coach? Mm. Yeah. So with these, and people might've heard the term peaceful parenting, gentle parenting, all of this, really, it should just be called parenting. For me, conscious parenting is just being self-aware, be, being conscious to to how we're showing up. So it's that that reflection at the end of the day, oh, yeah, my day went like this and, and this is perhaps reasons why, because it's only through that awareness that we can change. Because so many of us have spent a lot of life being very unconscious and, and not having that awareness and, you know, it would be great if it was just called parenting because when, when it's umbrellaed under conscious parenting or peaceful parenting, it has this connotation to it, you know, that people are like, oh, it's just another fad. It's just a, it, it's just this trend mm. when really it's just about respecting your child and, you know, thinking, would I like to be spoken to like that? Um you know, how how would I like someone to help me if I'm sad or I'm angry and just to be connected and not have this, I'm the parent, you're the child, you'll do as I say, which is what many of us have come from, this authoritarian style of parenting. Mm. Um, but just, just to have that respect and that connection and, you know, just to be conscious. Yeah. And I'd love to know, where did you start to become more conscious in your parenting journey? What was the kind of turning point or the doorway opening to going down this kind of thought process? Yeah, well, it was reading Dr. Farley's book, The Conscious Parent and the Awakened Family. Yeah. Them too, which like life changes. And then I intuitively used to, I was a stay-at-home mum at first, um, and I used to, at the end of each day, keep a journal and I'd write down what went well today, yeah. what didn't go so well. If I was to do tomorrow differently, what would I do? And I would just reflect on that every day and then be like, oh, actually, my kids had a meltdown or what I like to say, like, were dysregulated because I took them to a play date at 3 p.m. and that time doesn't work for us. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to do that again. Or... I ignored their needs because I wanted to chat to my friend in the coffee shop and then I got all worked up and that's why it was so stressful. So I would see these patterns and become aware of what was 
playing out and then create some changes around that. I mean, that's very insightful, like to do that. I think that's amazing because sometimes we overlook the simple tools we have, like a paper and a pen in front of us just to write stuff down because we've got so much going on in our head, haven't we, that we can't really make sense of stuff. So I absolutely agree, like with, with writing stuff down. And I love the way that you do it as well, because it's almost like the awareness, what happened and you know how you felt and how you would play it out differently next time and that alone because then what you're starting to do is connect with your identity of how you want to do things and what feels right to you and your kids you mentioned about being dysregulated I think it would be really good just to touch on some of the key things that are involved in your conscious parenting approach and I know nervous system regulation has been key to that Yes, you know, and I think you mentioned it earlier about, you know, what we we call our child's behaviour, like tantrums, when really that's that's a sign of a child being dysregulated and helping a parent understand where is their child in their nervous system? Are they showing fight or flight behaviours, responses? Are they in freeze? And then look looking at our own, because if if we can't regulate, then we're going to struggle to come alongside our child and, and co-regulate with them. We need to offer them our own regulation and looking at, oh, actually, when this happens, I, I go into freeze, I dissociate, I shut down, and, and I've left the room. I'm physically there, mm-hmm. but mentally I'm, I'm checked out and, and I cannot deal with this situation. And then looking at, okay, this this is my pattern, this this is what happens, and this this is a response that's, related to our own childhood Mm. and then knowing that how can I help bring myself out of freeze if that's the response that's very familiar to someone how can I compassionately tend to my nervous system to help me come back into social engagement so then I can help my child it's that whole putting your safety mask on first which we tend to forget especially when we come across things like conscious parenting we we do everything for the child and we learn the scripts and all of this and try to do it with a dysregulated nervous system. And it's going to, it's going to be hard. It's going to be painful to, yeah. to do that when we haven't got that regulation. Yeah. And it's going to take longer, you know, has been my experience, even those times where you're triggered. And I do think your triggers are your teachers, you know, being able to really self inquire around them. And maybe that's not in the moment, but afterwards in the journaling that you talked about, that actually taking some time to really understand what is being brought up for you is massive because they do, children almost show you your own needs they reflect back don't they a hundred percent and I think that you know we personally I've not had any training on this I've not learned this at school like all this stuff has come up and it's almost like you just switch into I want to make things better for them I want them to stop crying I want to stop the noise just want to stop the pain blah blah blah. and it can be very very triggering Mm. but actually if we look at ourselves and be able to like you said regulate our nervous system it's almost contagious like I feel that your child lives in your nervous system (laughs) in a way because we're attuned to what they need when they're hungry like we think back to when they're babies so actually by doing that we'll automatically have this kind of 
safety effect on them. Yeah. And I know yeah. it won't always feel like it straight away, but it is, it's playing the long game with it, isn't it, Fiona? Absolutely. And, it, and it's not as easy as it sounds. No, so it's, it's really not. not. It's not. Yeah. And I don't want to make it sound easy. It's, yeah. not. it's not as simple as going, okay, I, I, I'm, I go into fight or freeze and, and this is the tool I'm going to use because nervous system regulation, I always tell parents, it's like learning a new, new language. It's like saying, hey, we're going to learn to be fluent in Italian. And that's, that's going to take some time. So it's not to get disheartened because often self-awareness is a really, really good place to start. Yeah. Just to notice, oh, my heart's beating really fast and I'm getting really hot in this situation with my child that in itself can send a signal of safety to the nervous system mm -hmm. to call out what's happening because yeah. it's when things are like unconsciously like playing out when it can become and feel very unsafe but even just saying oh this, this I've got a knot in my stomach I think it's anxiety again can send a signal of safety that I, I know what I'm experiencing here this this is something that's familiar yeah to me yeah. And being able to articulate and put words to your own emotions can help your children feel safer Absolutely. when their behavior is their communication, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And believe me, like it isn't easy. Like things have been a lot calmer in our household. And then last night there was a flapjack incident <laughs> where I'd made the flapjacks wrong. And what I've learned is that Bonnie can't handle disappointment very well, but that's through my work with you mm -hmm. to actually just have that awareness around that. So she's not being ungrateful. And, you know, it's not that she doesn't appreciate the fact that I went out to the shop and got this ingredients and I've made them. It's that she can't handle disappointment because in her head, they were going to turn out in a different way. And that triggered, but we were able just to kind of understand that, that it was coming from that not being able to manage disappointment. And yeah, it's a bit messy and we don't always get it right. And we don't always say or do the right thing, but we were able to kind of work through it together and repair if it got a little bit eat heated, not heated <laughs> afterwards, there was flapjacks everywhere. Um, and it's okay. And I just think that, it's not about being perfect and getting it perfectly right. We are going to fumble and stumble and mix up our words. And sometimes, you know, we might react in a way that we we don't want to be that person. But I don't know if you find this. They know when you're trying. I think they know. And something that I will be very honest about, I haven't been that connected to her this week because I've come off the back of this big immersive thing that I did at the weekend and I've been tired and then I'm going away this weekend. They've just been cramming things in. So she's had a bit more time on the TV and I know, I just know in my heart that's rumbling underneath this. So it's almost being able to take ownership of, of that and understand there's a bit of lack of connection and a disappointment on top of that. And um, it's not just necessarily what we see on the surface. It's what's going on behind that, isn't it? Yeah, and, and with you sharing that, and you've probably heard me say this countless of times, it's have compassion for yourself. Yeah. Because you've got these trips away and, you know, doing all these things and spinning all the plates. And it's sometimes we, we can't show up the way we want to, and that's yeah. okay. Yeah. You know, and, and that's totally okay. 
And it's, you know, we, we forget that because we try to be the most perfect present parent all of the time. It's not possible. It's, mm. we set ourselves up for failure when we, when we think that that's who we need to be all of the time. And something you said to me that's always stuck with me is the fact we're doing this work, that we yeah. care. And you're so right. We can't show up the way we want all the time. We are under pressure as parents. I think Gabor Mate said, it's the hardest time to be a mother since the Second World War. So we need to be very compassionate and everything else that we've had going on and this kind of collective energy that I'm sure so many of us are picking up on and grief, etc. So it is being aware of that and the wider environment as yeah. well. I'd love to ask you, because you said before about we're all kind of wounded children um, walking around in adult bodies, and I think that whether it's unresolved trauma or transgenerational trauma, when we're triggered, I believe that's a lot of what comes back up. And I'd love to just hear your thoughts on that, but also your personal experience with that, because I think you said that when you became a parent, you uncovered many of your own unhealed childhood issues that were presenting themselves in your parenting. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so within that, a bit of backstory. Um, I grew up with a parent who had mental health problems and he, my, my dad, he grew up in the care system. So he was in foster care. Um, he was in the children's home. Um, he wrote two books about his life, which were published. And it wasn't necessarily spoken about, but I resisted reading the first book for many, many years and then read it in one sitting and was horrified at what I read and had such grief around what I'd read, the abuse my dad had experienced, the abandonment, his parents walked out on him and his siblings when he was three and never came home. Um, so to read all of that and to have that sort of deep grief and empathy for him, but then also seeing some parallels in, in how my life was playing out. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if you've ever come across Mark, Mark Wong, who wrote the book, It Didn't Start With You. And that's yes. all about intergenerational trauma and realizing actually some of these limiting beliefs that I had, like nobody loves me, nobody's ever there for me, weren't actually mine because I'd never been abandoned ever. But I was carrying these beliefs that were ultimately my dad's that were passed down to us because he didn't have you know, sufficient healing. So yeah, I think I'm going off on the tangent here. I can't remember the exact question. I think because there was quite a few questions there. Could you just refresh? Yeah, yeah. So it was just really about being sort of the wounded child and how we grow up and we take that into adulthood. And it's not until we become a parent that something happens, like with that identity shift that I think, like Caroline misses, we're supposed to be challenged. It's supposed to kind of reveal our unresolved stuff so that we can be better people and that's just that's just my kind of interpretation as well that we need to face these ghosts in the walls and I yeah. think it's it Gabor Mate that says that if we are not aware of our own trauma our own pains our own fears we're going to pass them down to our kids yes yeah so continuing from that little snippet about my dad and answering that question it's I, when I had my kids and sort of, I do think it was a spiritual thing, massively woke me up, realizing, oh my goodness, I've spent 
a good chunk of my life dissociated, checked out in life experiences that just added more of that, you know, and then I remember standing in the kitchen one day when I remembered this and said to my dad, dad, you know, like sometimes like seems like you dissociate and do you know what dissociate means and explained, you know, it's where we're sort of physically there, but mentally check out. He said, yeah, I do that all of the time and I really like it. And then being like, I've been raised by a dad who's been dissociated. So it's no wonder that I was never emotionally taken care of, you know, had childhood emotional neglect because my dad didn't have the capacity to be present in the room with me and to emotionally connect with me and to be there for me because he was still, you know, had his unhealedness. And looking back, I mean, you've just talked about the disassociation. Was that how you coped? Like Mm. what was the mask you kind of wore? Because I think sometimes the mask we wear as children, we take into motherhood and it becomes our kind of armor, our coping mechanism. Yeah, I mean, just never <laughs> being being dissociated, and I think the mask I used to wear was that what you mentioned at the very start, toxic positivity. Interesting. Life's gonna be great, and oh, happy Monday, and I'm so yeah. grateful. I'm at home with the kids, and you know, and then the energy of that because I was so disconnected from the the true experience. And being frightened of letting that down and, and what's going to be revealed. Mm-hmm. So mine was just to pretend everything was great and to, yeah, to never actually fully be there. But to, you know, yeah, I was just checked out, just very similar to my dad. Yeah. And we, we've spoken about this a couple of times on the podcast with different guests about how that coping mechanism allows you just to almost go through or get through in a kind of numbed out way. It's a survival yeah. strategy. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm really interested to find out kind of what did you when you started to learn about this and you were kind of going through this process of becoming more conscious and connected to yourself? Did you get support around this and your understanding? Like, what's your understanding of generational trauma and how that shows up maybe in you, but also in your clients? Because you must see certain patterns and themes. In terms of support, I've had different types of therapy for for years, which I feel is a huge privilege to have. I feel very fortunate that I've always been really well well supported. Um, Yeah. Does that answer that question? Yeah, it does. And I think what I just want to say on that is, you know, there are therapies out there, including NLP, which are very effective. And you can get some really massive shifts quite quickly. But what I want to say as well is this work takes time. Mm. And you'd be amazed as you grow and step up to the next level of your life, you know, stuff bubbles up because it's supposed to and I just think if we're going back generations there are literally there is literally generations of pain generations of nervous system being wired in a certain way and that and that's not to dishearten people that like oh my god it's going to be a long road it's a self-discovery adventure in the end I think yeah and it's lifelong it doesn't stop no it doesn't 
and it's like every different season and like you've got to be ready for it so some people you know the two therapies I would always signpost people to because somatic experiencing and EMDR yeah but some people might not feel safe enough yeah for one-to-one therapy first so they might I've had people work with me and they said oh we, we didn't feel comfortable having therapy because they'd never done one-to-one things before but then working with me and after 12 weeks going actually I feel like I've got that relational safety now mm-hmm. and we trust you and we trust your recommendations so we might try that but you know, a general person going to Google, typing in therapy, going and seeing a talk therapist. There's so many conditions that we we need to have in order to feel safe enough to to open up and be with that person. Just because they've got the qualifications and the training doesn't mean that they're right for us. Yeah, we need to know how. You know, some some therapies can actually be re-traumatizing. I totally agree, and I think it's about having the relationship and, and that person's approach, not just how many qualifications and like that kind of side of things and it is holistic isn't it because we know that trauma is stored in in the body and it's looking at your kind of whole self I think that's definitely and and it does I mean for me it kind of flips from being it flipped from being oh god I need to I need to talk about this stuff because it's I'm you know holding it inside to this feels scary but what am I going to find out now you know, what am I going to find out? Where's this going to take me to the next level? This is, there is definitely a flip in it. Yeah, but it's still emotional. Like we're human beings, we're going to feel deeply and this stuff is deeply in, entrenched and it's not always just about us. There's other relationships that can trigger that and that kind of thing and how we show up in our family dynamic and all this stuff. But yeah, it's brave work. Yeah, and Peter Levine says trauma is too much too soon. Right too much too soon so then if, if we're going to w- work through this then it's going to take time to to slow I think some people like we have to be really slow with our healing but yeah. then a lot of the things that are out there is like go on this weekend and let it all out it's too unsafe for someone's already dysregulated nervous system so we have to strip it back and you know really just go slow and steady and you know this, this is lifelong there's no sort of point we get to where we go right we're, we're this great amazing regulated parent um because there's always going to be challenges that we encounter that and we can learn and grow with our with our children and family yeah and we'll come back we'll come to some of those points in a sec but I just want to say about the abandonment it's very interesting you say that because it didn't happen to you you've not been abandoned but you inherited that almost in the beliefs I also can relate to that and I think how that showed up in my parenting is almost this avoidant parenting that you're almost like walking on eggshells but when your child pushes you away or you can't resolve their issue like that or they say I don't love you that really kind of uh, you can feel it viscerally like you take it so personally I think that's just a good thing to kind of bring up because I think a lot of us and I know certainly like my clients abandonment that fear yeah. of rejection shows up in parenting. So what they do is we avoid because we don't want to trigger a situation where we're going to be rejected or pushed away. Yeah, yeah. And then I think realizing actually it didn't didn't start with you, and I've yeah. been carrying something that's not actually mine, and it's time to give it back or put it to the side or you know realize that that's not my story. Yeah, and you've you've 
touched on this, but if someone is listening to this for the first time, this idea of trauma being, you know, pain being transmitted um, and that it didn't start with them, what would be your kind of piece of advice of, of where to start? And I know you said to kind of go gently with it and to there's so much out there, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, my, my go-to, um, I've already mentioned it, pro, pro therapy, if someone has the resources and, and can access that. Um, but I think sometimes for some people at the beginning to cognitively understand things can help. Yes. To, to look, to, you know, read the book like It Didn't Start With You by Mark Wall and to understand actually that that's really interesting. I didn't realise that, oh, this, this happened to my parent at this age. And then when I was that age, something something big happened. And that's really interesting. Or it could be certain events happen every September. Yes. You know, and then realize actually there's, there's something that's that's going on here. Um, so I think to, you know, read books, listen to podcasts and things is a great starting place for people. Yeah. Um, but if people can do sort of inner child therapy or EMDR or types of therapy like that, that would really help yeah totally because I didn't know when I started doing NLP that you could go back and speak to your five-year-old self I was like what I mean I was just in bits after that session yeah (laughs) because it was like Christmas I probably told this story before it's Christmas and I'd gone for a session with Brian who I trained with and he had prepared me coming up to this but I don't think I'd actually it sunk in and I'd come out and Dan had to like take some time off work to take me to Glasgow he was stressed because he had a lot on his plate Bonnie wanted to do the Christmas markets and I came out I was like I've just spoken to my inner child and I was like (laughs) but I think the power the power to be able to it's not about changing the past it's about looking at it and changing your relationship with the past but also gaining the resources that we left back there those kind of outdated limiting beliefs that disconnection from our values and I think that that is it's so so healing but like you said there's start where you are for me it was reading books and listening to podcasts and I think it just opens the door to that way of thinking and like you said with the journaling just become attuned to you and also you said about like certain dates and I think when your child turns a certain age can trigger stuff as well like when Bonnie turned five it's like oh god this is hard but I think it's going to happen until Bonnie's 38 um (laughs) yeah yeah, well, it's funny actually because I was I was with my therapist last week, and it was my daughter's seventh birthday a couple of weeks ago. And the the day before it was her birthday, I was feeling really queasy and sick. Oh, really? And, and I said to him, "Do you think that's my body remembering my first labour where I had an epidural? I was queasy, I was sick." And he was kind of like, "Perhaps." And I was like, "That's really interesting that the body's perhaps remembering." that because it was traumatic and it, I was very dizzy and unwell not the same with my second yeah. but just so interesting how on the day that I would have been in labor That's with her I, I was seven years later was was feeling that that is so interesting and we know the biggest selling book on trauma in the world is the body keeps the score <laughs> so the body yeah. does keep the score doesn't it it does it remembers it we does. have this kind of cellular memory and if our nervous system has learned to keep us safe then we almost um 
predict our nervous system predicts that so sometimes we can feel like we're getting anxious or reacting before something has even happened because we're wired to respond yeah yeah and just (laughs) I'm conscious of time as well oh yeah I did speak to a therapist before and she said she'd had clients who was recalling things that had happened and this client then she was this client was recalling sort of where she was grabbed and her body then displayed hand marks. Oh my goodness. Wow. That is so I've heard the rabbit hole. But I I found that fascinating that just talking about it and knowing that that's stored in the some people might be listening thinking, oh no, I don't believe that. But well, you know. I'll just quickly say before I ask you the last thing is you know, loud doors, bangs does have a gunshot effect. And I've got suicide in my maternal line and that makes sense to me. But I didn't know for a long time why that was so traumatic for a door to bang and any kind of loud bang kind of sets off this kind of hypervigilance, this like alert. And, and now I know why. So this is so true. I think if, if you look up the book I mentioned, if you haven't read it already, I think it would yeah. fascinate. It's on the reading list. Um, <laughs> Okay, cool. So yeah, just to finish with then, I know that you had a first business, which was Happy Me Tea. And that was all about, um, I think you wanted to inject a bit of happiness into new parents. And um, your journey has kind of taken you to realize that we need so much more than just a wellness cup of tea. So I just want to ask you to, to finish up on, we've obviously talked about being your child's emotional coach really starts with you being attuned to your own emotions and being your own emotional coach. And that is a gift. Don't think that you're being selfish. Like that is going to have a profound impact. So if you could gift mums or parents top three things so that they can be their child's emotional coach and be a more kind of conscious, happier parent, what would that be? Top three things. Time and space. (laughs) Yeah. Because the way life is, we never have space or time to process. We we go through experiences. People might take a week off work, two weeks. They've gone through trauma and then they just have to crack back on with it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I just don't think that's right. So I think time and space, if I could give people that. A well-regulated nervous system cannot put a price on it. Uh-huh. When you experience what that's like, you want everybody to have it yeah you really really do and it and it doesn't mean you're always there but it means oh when I'm dysregulated I can I can handle that I've got capacity for that yeah and therapy yeah (laughs) my friends probably get sick of me all of the time therapy 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 I think and it's it's not just therapy it's having someone to see and hear you yeah and someone to listen often friends give unsolicited advice or we don't have people who've got the capacity to hold space for us mm. and it and it it shouldn't but it feels like such a luxury having someone do that and and having someone each week whether it's coaching or whether it's therapy and just having someone where I can speak for an hour about myself and have that held and obviously if if we we had the adequate parenting we wouldn't need therapy because mm. all the therapist is they have all the skills that a parent should have had been able to listen being able to attune being able to hold space for feeling you know so time and space for parents well-regulated nervous system and therapy 
Yeah, couldn't agree more. And it is a form of self-care. It's actually self-worth in action, you know, when you do that. Um, finally, then, why do you think so many mothers mask and suffer in silence? Shame. Mm-hmm. I think there's so much shame in parenting. And I don't quite understand it because I always used to have this example in my head. If you couldn't drive and you got into a car and you drove down the street and you hit the wall, you'd be like, well, I don't know how to drive. So it kind of makes sense that I had a bit of an accident. But then when we're parents, nobody has taught us how to be a parent. You know, we just come home from hospital with this baby and we're expected to parent. And then when we struggle with our anger or we we struggle to communicate or whatever, we don't go, oh, nobody's taught me this. Mm. I don't know. And this makes sense. But we have so much shame around something mm. that we've we've never been taught. Mm. And, I, and I don't get it because we shouldn't. Mm. Because most people are crying out for that person just to be honest. Yeah. To say, I've had a really bad parenting day. And it gives the other person permission to go, me too. Mm. But I think there's shame and vulnerability and I think you know Brené Brown talks about this but Mm. the vulnerability to connect with someone else and and that is probably my journey I was in these mum circles and I was like I I don't want to talk about how many dirty nappies my baby's done today Mm. I don't want to talk about my holiday in six months time I want to talk about how hard this is Mm. and I want to connect with real people who we can you know share and support and and I realized that that wasn't there yeah you're so right shame thrives in secrecy so we can be more honest and open even though it feels uncomfortable and take the mask off it's liberating it can't survive yeah and I think you know being a Gabor Mate fan yourself and reading his book when the body says no Mm. that was so pivotal in my journey because if, if I was like, if I don't express my feelings, my true, true, true feelings, I'm going to be sick. So I'm going to start taking steps to being me. And I'm going to express my feelings. And even if it's scary, even if it means walking away from a marriage or whatever, I'm going to do it because I don't want to be sick. And I don't want to repeat generational patterns. So it's that connecting to who you really are behind the mask. Yeah. And how powerful is that? Thank you so much. Because when we can express ourselves, we teach our children how to express. It's okay for them to express themselves. And I think that's so important. Thank you so much. There's been so much. I know we could have gone on. (laughs) Yes, thank you. It's been so nice speaking with you. Yeah, really good. And I appreciate it. And I know so many are going to get so much from this. And I'll put all the links to where they can find you follow your work um your instagram is brilliant but also all the books you mentioned as well so i'll put that in the show notes thank you so much take care wow thank you so much fiona that was 
amazing. And if you resonated with what Fiona was saying and you feel like you would really benefit from having her support, then please do check out her website and the support that she offers. Um, I've put the links in the show notes. I have also put the links to where you can find her on Instagram, social media, so that you can follow her. And I really recommend if you've got that kind of inner calling, yes, we, we need some help, go for it. It really has been so eye-opening and enlightening and enriching for us. And I will talk about my personal experience um, in a, a podcast another time. And this stuff is not easy. It's not easy, but it gets to be different. It gets to be better and it gets to also allow you to move forward. I think that's the big thing rather than feeling like you're just constantly looping around these patterns and beliefs, problems, behaviors, fights, battles that we come up against each day. Also, we touched on, as we do in a lot of the episodes, trauma and transgenerational trauma. And if that really strikes accord with you i would love to chat to you as well that is the work that i do i work with mums and my work is very much focused on releasing some of these overwhelming emotions that are very much rooted in unresolved trauma responses so please do reach out don't suffer in silence drop me a message um, even if it is just to arrange a quick chat there's no obligation to go any further i think sometimes we just need to be able to talk and share how we're feeling out loud so please do that and like i said um also fiona please go contact her she is amazing she's so she cares so much she's so insightful and she really has helped us be calmer better more attuned conscious parents so i'm so grateful to her Anyway, I will say goodbye. Have a wonderful rest of your week and I will be back next week for another episode of Behind the Mother Mask. Take care now.